on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Do you feel that you're losing the battle with looking and feeling your best? Stop! Welcome to Body Balance Talk with your host, Jeannie Schmidt, along with Lucy and Madeline. Your body has an outstanding ability to heal itself and stay healthy. It's up to you to get the process started. Now, here's the show. Welcome to Body Balance Talk. I'm Lucy Hewitt, nutritional therapist. And I'm Madeline Hewitt. And I'm Jeannie Schmidt, PharmD, and we would like to welcome you to our show today. And last week we were discussing issues about beef, and we had learned that factory farmed beef makes up about 95% of our available beef in the United States, and that grass-fed beef and the factory farm beef are really completely different foods. Now, this last week we were out with, with some friends eating, and we happened to go over to the Hilton Hotel um, here in Minneapolis, it was on 494 in France, and I was surprised to learn when we had our menus, it actually didn't say on the menu, but then when the um, the waiter was coming by and taking orders and talking about the different foods that were offered at, at the restaurant, he had mentioned that they have grass-fed steaks there, and um, not just one, but they had actually a variety of grass-fed meat, and it was 100%, and I was just kind of surprised to find that out, but surprised and really glad. So we wanted to put that out there for anybody uh, that's in Minneapolis and you're listening. If you're looking to go to a restaurant and get some grass-fed steak or some grass-fed beef, that Hilton on 494 in France is a great place to go. And we're taking calls today. Now write this number down. It's 1-866-472-5792. And we would really encourage you to call in today and ask any questions or share any experiences that that you have. We're going to be continuing just to review a little bit about the beef, but we'll be moving on and speaking about chicken today and eggs. And then we're going to get into this whole issue with dairy. And I'm sure that you've heard from other people or maybe even read some books or maybe you're contemplating it yourself about, is dairy good for people to eat? Or you hear that dairy causes health problems and we're going to just be discussing the ins and outs of dairy and what you should consider and what what are the various issues with dairy. So we have that on our show today and we would really love to hear from people. So feel free to call us and talk to us. And this factory farm beef, um, this is just a little bit of a review and for people who weren't on the show last week, just to bring you up to speed. But we've learned that the factory farm beef, it's, it's actually inflammatory if you're eating that sort of beef. And remembering that 95% of our available beef is actually factory farm beef here in the U.S. And so if you're wondering... If, if you're in a restaurant or if you're buying some beef somewhere, if you're wondering, it's going to probably be factory farm beef. And it's important to know that it's, 
if for health reasons, it's inflammatory and it contributes to heart, heart disease. And it also contributes to any other diseases that have their roots in inflammation. And that is due to the fact that these cattle are being fed corn. And corn puts on an inflammatory fat on the animal. And not only are these cattle fed corn, but they're fed GMO corn, genetically modified and loaded with the pesticide Roundup, or the generic name for Roundup is glyphosate. And so this corn has been genetically modified so that the corn farmers can really load up their crops with Roundup or glyphosate and it and and the corn's modified to be able to withstand that so when these cattle eat the gmo corn they it's filled up with the pesticide roundup and one of the biggest issues with the roundup is that it disrupts your gut bacteria and that's how roundup that pesticide actually works it works on a specific system in pests and in bacteria in order to block these biopathways that the bacteria have and then it kills the bacteria and that would be just perfectly fine and everything if it was only going to be harmful bacteria that it kills. But unfortunately, when humans ingest GMO corn and you get that Roundup coming in with the corn as well, then it goes into your gut bacteria and any other bacteria that you have in your body. And lots and lots of that bacteria that we have in our bodies is actually very, very beneficial for us. And so we don't want it disrupted. But if you're eating GMO corn or if you're eating this factory farm beef, which was eating the GMO corn, now you're getting disruption of your own gut bacteria. And remember that your body is actually 95% of the cells that you have in your body are bacterial cells. And so we create quite a disruption when we're eating foods that have GMO corn in it. And something that I find very interesting is that this special uh, Roundup Ready GMO corn has been reclassified. Instead of being classified as a food, it's, this corn is actually classified as a pesticide. I find that very odd that we would actually classify a food as a pesticide now. And for that reason, you, you can't just rinse the, pe- the pesticide off the corn. It's actually just incorporated right into the plant. And because of the incorporation, that's why our government has actually classified this corn as a pesticide itself. Now, the other issue here is that the factory farm beef contains antibiotics. And we learned that 85% of the antibiotics that are produced in the U.S., they're used in the factory farmed animals. And so it might be easy to think that our antibiotics, they're used in doctor's offices and pharmacies, and maybe they're used in hospitals, but only 15% of our antibiotics are used in those places. 85% land in our food supply. And similar to the GMO corn, the antibiotics disrupt our gut bacteria. So if you're eating this type of beef, you have two different mechanisms for disrupting your gut bacteria. And you might wonder, well, who cares about that? You know, what's the big deal with the gut bacteria? But gut bacteria are responsible for making the B vitamins, 
they actually manufacture B vitamins. So you might be eating foods that have B vitamins, but your good gut bacteria produces more B vitamins, which are responsible for giving you energy for your day, and they make you feel good. When people are low on B vitamins, they're usually low on energy, and they just don't feel so good. And you might get these feelings of being depressed or anxious. And the gut bacteria, your good gut bacteria, are also involved in the manufacture of neurotransmitters. And those would be chemicals such as dopamine and serotonin. And they make you also feel good. So when you go, wow, I feel great today. I don't feel like I have food cravings. I don't feel like I'm feeling depressed. I don't feel anxious. That's a sign that you're running some real great neurotransmitters. And your good gut bacteria are responsible for that. So one of the last things that you want to do is be eating some kind of food that disrupts your ability to make dopamine and serotonin. Now, the other thing is that this good gut bacteria, it helps you poop and clean out your colon and remove toxins from your body. So that's one of the other things that we really don't want to have is this constipated uh, colon where that bacteria just stays in your body and it auto-intoxicates and gets reabsorbed back into your bloodstream, creating kind of a toxic uh, whole system that doesn't make you feel good. And good gut bacteria, they really translate into a healthy brain as well. So problems such as ADHD, dementia, Alzheimer's memory problems, and autism, and anything that has to do with brains and thinking can be harmed when gut bacteria is disrupted. So we really want to put a good emphasis on preserving the good gut bacteria we have. And then we, of course, would want to make more good gut bacteria. So that would be a topic for a different radio show, and we've spoken about that in the past. But in this one, what we want to think about is avoiding any kind of animal products that those animals have been eating, the GMO corn or GMO soy, because that is going to affect your gut bacteria and then eventually and quickly actually affect your brain. And we all want to have brains that are intact, of course. And something that I've noticed more and more and more, just um, people that I come in contact with on a daily basis, so many people have trouble with focus and paying attention. And I, I really think that this didn't seem to be the case uh, maybe 20 or 30 years ago. And of course, there, there, there was, of course, some people that had focus problems. But in my estimation, it feels as if, as if this problem really is so rampant that most people I run into seem to not be able to focus or think clearly. And I really think this has to do with our food supply. And some of this can have to do with some of these GMOs that um, give us toxic doses of Roundup that are disrupting our whole gut bacteria environment. And always remembering that you have a direct connection from your gut to your brain. And so it's actually impossible to have a gut that has a lot of disruptions going on to, on in it, and then you don't have any brain trouble. If you have gut trouble, you are going to have brain trouble as well. They go hand in hand. And think of this, the next time that you have a choice to eat foods that contain antibiotics or GMO corn or soy, get really give that a second thought and consider making a different food choice. 
Now, the other issue here is that factory farm beef is much more likely to be contaminated with pathogenic organisms due to the excessive amounts of poop that these cattle are standing in when they're in these crowded conditions. Factory farm beef contribute to disruption of communities and land. Again, because of the crowded conditions and the overloading of poop that gets dumped into nearby waterways. The air quality is not livable. It smells terrible. And communities, surrounding communities really suffer and people end up moving away. The water and the land is now polluted with antibiotic residues that seep into our drinking water. Now, the 100% grass-fed beef, that, that cattle has eaten a variety of grasses and is not given any corn at all. That grass is turned into healthy fats on the animal that contain omega-3 fatty acids. And we know that the omega-3 fatty acids are anti-inflammatory. So that's a completely different food if you're eating 100% grass-fed beef. This type of meat is actually good and healthy for people and does not contribute to high cholesterol and heart disease. So people that have made changes in your eating because you've been told or maybe you've read or maybe you think that, well, eating red meat is really bad for people, so I've cut down on it. I don't eat it, eat it at all. Or I've heard people say, well, maybe I eat that once a month. You might want to change your mind and realize that these are two completely different foods. And if you seek out the 100% grass-fed beef, that's actually health-promoting and anti-inflammatory. The other thing is that raising this type of meat, the 100% grass-fed, does not destroy the land and it doesn't destroy the surrounding communities. And in fact, these farmers usually distribute their meat locally so that they can cut way down on the use of fossil fuels for shipping. Now, today, as we move on, we're going to be moving into the topic of chicken and eggs and dairy. And are these foods healthy to eat? And what are the issues that we have with these foods? And where do you have a healthy source of these foods? And it's important to know that the issue of farming and where our food comes from is such a big topic. And last week here in the studio, we showed a movie called American Meat. Now, this would be a movie that anybody has access to. If you just Google American Meat, you could get access to this movie and purchase it on your own. Um, Sometimes you can even find some free showings on the Internet. But I would encourage people to find a copy of that movie and see it. We showed it here at the studio. And this movie interviewed farmers across the U.S., and one farmer in particular, maybe many of you have heard of this person, his name is Joel, Joel, J-O-E-L, Joel Salatin. He was featured in the movie, and he's, he's actually featured in a number of these movies about farming, and we got to see his farm operations and what he's doing. He's from Virginia. And it's actually quite inspiring to see a farmer who's so well-educated and innovative in his farming practices. His farm provides all the pork for their local Chipotle. Now, think about what kind of, of place Chipotle is, whether you have good thoughts about it, bad thoughts about it. But I think something that's important to know is that in his area in Virginia, they've hooked up with with Joel and his farm and all the pork that they use 
come uh, comes from Joel's farm. So this is high quality pork without the pesticides, without GMOs, without antibiotics. And I think that this is a very positive thing to note. And the Chipotle that's in that same area would love to have him source their chicken, but Joel's farm is not large enough for that. And many people have approached Joel about maybe producing much more chicken or much more pork, but he is actually not interested in growing the size of his farm. So what he believes is that these small farms that are manageable really are the way to go, that many people farming this method are more the way to go than him growing bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and then it ends up having to become mechanized and turned into more of a factory farming so he himself is actually not able to source all that chicken but I think that it's incredibly encouraging to see that a large corporation such as Chipotle is that interested in high-quality local meat without pesticides, hormones, and antibiotics. So to me, that tells us that we're moving in a very, very positive direction. It might be small, but we can see that that's a positive direction that we're moving into. Something important to note is that Joel Salatin has an internship training program, and he trains farmers how to farm using his methods. And though his method actually uses great technologies, none of these technologies are expensive and they allow normal people to start farming without hundreds of thousands of dollars normally needed for expensive machinery, sheds, and silos. He's now getting a following of a number of young people who are not interested in office and sedentary jobs, and they're looking for a career that's outdoors, doing something good for other people, and, and wanting to make good money. So sometimes we think, well, those, there's no money in farming. And what you can see if you learn Joel's methods of farming is that you can actually make some good money farming. And that's for the reason that these farmers sell directly to the local communities. And so if you purchase something from Joel Salton's farm, that money goes right to him and to his staff. It doesn't go to distributors. It doesn't go to uh, people that are doing the processing of the meat. And it doesn't go to truck drivers. It goes directly to the farmers. And so what you find is that the people that are doing more of the factory farming or the large farms, those farmers make on average eight cents on the dollar. If you farm with this type of method, those farmers make a hundred cents on the dollar. And so it's actually something that if you're looking to have this type of work for you in your life, there is actually a way for you to make a living for you and your family. You know, it looks like it's time to take a break. So everybody, remember, we are taking callers. Call one 472 When we come back, we'll continue our conversation. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. 
Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Cancer is not something to be taken lightly, but instead of being talked at by doctors, medical providers, and others, wouldn't it be nice to hear from a host who has worked at the Cancer Coalface for 38 years as a caregiver, supporter for 14,000 patients, and who has had the experience of having a life-threatening condition herself? You will hear the stories of survivors and other people who work in breakthrough cancer medicine. Navigating the Cancer Maze with host Grace Goller will help you with the facts, planning, and grief experienced with different forms and stages of cancer. Listen every Friday at 12 noon U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Body Balance Talk. To reach us with your questions and comments, please call into the program today at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to info at mybodybalancenutrition.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Body Balance Talk. This is Lucy along with Madeline and Jeannie. And let's continue our discussion. Yeah, we were talking about the the method of farming of Joel Salatin in Virginia and how he has these apprentice programs for young people, but really it's people of any age uh, to go ahead and learn this method of farming. And we would just like to put out there that if any of you, you have sons or daughters or nieces or nephews or anybody who may be interested in becoming a farmer, we would suggest that you have them look up Joel Salatin and get involved and they have a website the farm over there in Virginia is actually called Polyface Farm and it's Polyface like P-O-L-Y-F-A-C-E and then farms polyfacefarms.com is their website and you'll find all kinds of information on their website not only about the farm itself but also on their internship program and um Joel has written about eight books. He's got a degree in English, and he's an excellent writer, and he's also an excellent speaker. And anybody interested in learning more about this, I would encourage you to order one or more of his books and get reading. One of his books is called You Can Farm, where he actually teaches you how to farm this way. And people question whether it's possible or feasible to feed our nation with this type of farming. And many people, though, have calculated and figured and concluded that, yes, absolutely, it's entirely possible to feed our whole nation high-quality meats without the use of factory farming at all. Now, there is a challenge, and I think that maybe you're already thinking of what that might be. And the challenge is to find enough people that want to go into this type of farming, farming, that we actually have plenty of land for it. The land is not what the problem is. And think of it, in this day and age, we have a huge problem with unemployment. We've got a lot of people here in the United States that are out of work 
And so we certainly have people who are in need of work and we have manpower out there. So the manpower is not the problem. The land is not the problem. We just need people that are willing to go into this, learn how to do it and get started. And as I mentioned before, you might think, I don't really have hundreds of thousands of dollars to start farming. Farming is a great big expense. This type of farming is not actually, it's it's not expensive at all for people to start. And what I hear is you don't even need to actually own own the land. So it sounds to me like this is something that's accessible for anybody that wants to really dig in and start something. Farming, this type of farming feeds local communities. So what would happen to all these small towns that have disappeared? So if we picture in the past, we used to have small towns dotted all over the U.S., but as these small farms all went out of business or got taken up by large factory farms, the small towns just pretty much disappeared. So how would all of that change? Maybe if we started lots and lots of local farms all over the place, maybe those small towns would come back again and they would start to thrive once again. And if there's a source of local food and jobs for people on the farms, maybe other businesses would be encouraged to set up and do business in those small towns as well. Just think, maybe people would have more satisfying lives, connecting more to other people and connecting to food and connecting to the earth. Maybe our nation's health would improve. And it all might sound dreamy, but we are very, very lucky in that we still have this option open and available to us. Companies such as Chipotle, restaurants, and many other companies are wanting to source this meat, but it's simply in short supply and not available. So I encourage you to think about it or think about other people that might be interested in this. Maybe this farming, this type of farming is for you. Now we've talked about beef. We're going to move our topic now to chicken. So chickens are a whole different thing. So we we wouldn't be saying we wanted to have grass-fed chickens. Chickens are not like cattle, and they're not designed to eat solely grass. Chickens actually have the ability to soak and digest grains, unlike cattle. So remember, cattle, they have five stomachs, and cattle are categorized in the ruminant family. And they're called ruminant because the first of their five stomachs is called the rumen. And the grass that is grown outdoors is very hard to digest. So think of us. We would not be able to go out and just eat these grasses. Our stomachs would not be able to digest that grass. The way that we get the nutrients from the grasses is by eating the beef. So think of it. The the cattle eat the grass. It first goes to the rumen. It gets partially digested, then comes back up and the cow chews their cud. They swallow it again, and eventually it moves and digests through all of these stomachs. The digested grasses get absorbed as nutrients, and they get incorporated into the meat and into the fat of the animal. This is amazing. It's nature's way of taking the energy of the sun, transferring that solar energy into energy into the grasses, then transferred to the energy in the cattle, making it possible for humans to eat and digest the beef. 
Humans have one stomach complete with hydrochloric acid and pepsin meant to break down and digest proteins. So we can see that it all fits the way that nature intended. It all moves in a cycle that's according to nature. Now let's just roll back to the chickens. They're different in that they can eat and they are meant to digest grains. Then they have a gizzard, and that gizzard grinds the whole grains up. The grains that are fed to them, though, should be organic and non-GMO. So we want to really make note of that point. The other issue here is that chickens are meant to be moving around outdoors and eating grasshoppers, worms, and bugs, and they're not meant to be vegetarian. So how many times have you gone to the store and you'll look and there's a chicken that's labeled, this is vegetarian fed, and what's implied is that that chicken is a lot healthier because it was given a vegetarian diet. So what you need to know is that chickens are actually not meant to be vegetarian, Those grasshoppers and bugs are meant to be part of their diets. And so we want to make sure that that's part of what they have been eating. And so for you, looking for and purchasing chicken, you're going to need to know your source. Because here's the deal. If you go into the store and buy beef, that could be labeled 100% grass-fed. So then we know that's what you're getting. If you go in to buy chicken, you're going to look at the label and ask yourself, what should the label say? So we've already talked about one of the things it should not say is vegetarian fad. Okay, another word that you'll see is that this is a free-range chicken. But you're not going to really know exactly what that means because a definition of free-range chickens just means that that chicken was given the opportunity to go outside. So let's just step back a little bit and picture where most chickens are raised, which would be inside enormous barns. And then there might be a door down way, way, way down at one end, and those chickens are kind of crowded in there. And then that door is opened 15 minutes a day. So what we could see is that most of those chickens don't even know that there's a door in that barn. 15 minutes is not enough time for chickens to spend outdoors. And many of these barns, what they have outside is some cement. So we see that just because a chicken is labeled that it's free range, we really don't know exactly what that chicken was doing. And so... The answer for you when what you're looking for is, is you want to know that the chickens spend most of their daytime hours outdoors in pasture, not on cement, but in pasture moving around. The chickens should be eating bugs and grasshoppers, and then the, the corn that they're given should be organic and non-GMO corn. Same with soy. If they're given soy, it needs to be organic and non-GMO soy. It's important that you ask because there are many, many small local farms that do actually have chickens moving around outdoors. And they seem like, wow, this is a great farm. And they actually have very, very good intentions. But we have a problem going on right now in that there's a shortage of organic and non-GMO corn and soy. And so many of these local farmers are actually unable to obtain non-GMO corn, and so they're giving these chickens GMO corn. So this is why you want to be asking questions and finding out what's happening, and you want to know the answers to those questions. 
it's not good to have shortages of these crops, of course. But however, now when we've got the shortages, we can see that it's starting to give incentive to farmers to grow those crops when we have a growing need. So the important point here is that the more that you and I ask for and that we purchase these products, the more that these businesses listen and they rise to the needs of us, the consumer. So everybody, let's stand up and let's speak up. Now, you could ask about the chicken sourcing in your local food co-ops. The staff in food co-ops are often great sources of knowledge. And another source would be a local meat market or a butcher shop. And here in Minneapolis, we've got a great uh, meat market called Clancy's. It's in Linden Hills. And the owners there and the staff, they know the farmers. And so if you happen to go into Clancy's and ask where, and you can see them right there. You can see these chickens right in the case. And you can say, where do these chickens come from? And they can tell you they know the, they know the names of the farmers. They know what the chickens were doing. And they don't necessarily eat non-GMO corn, but at least that those people can tell you what the chickens were eating and what they were doing. And you can get accurate information from them. Now, this is not the case in grocery stores. So say that you're in a rainbow or a cub or some sort of large grocery store. If you try and ask the staff there, it's uh, they're, they're not going to know where those chickens are sourced from. The other thing is that those grocery stores most likely don't buy chickens from these types of farms that have the free-range chickens running outside and eating non-GMO and organic uh, corn. So you're usually not even going to find that product in those stores. And we've even found in Whole Foods that they don't even carry those kinds of chickens there. And usually the staff really don't have um, accurate answers if you ask them. So we suggest either sticking with your local food co-op or find a really, really great meat market in your area and ask those questions. Now, besides food co-ops, what we really recommend is finding a farm in your area that can supply you with chickens. And here at the studio, we found a great farm in Wisconsin, and it's called Richer Family Farms. And they deliver here to the Twin Cities once a month. So what happens, they've got a website. It's called richerfamilyfarm.com. And richer is spelled R-I-T-S-C-H-E-R. And then Family Farm. So richerfamilyfarm.com. They've got a website. And if you sign up on there, they'll actually send you the order form via email. And then you just call them and place your order the Wednesday before they deliver. And they deliver to about six different sites here in the Twin Cities. And this meat is all frozen which makes it convenient really for everybody. And so we place our orders here and uh, they they raise their cattle 100% grass-fed at Richer Family Farms. Their chickens are all pastured and they also have pork that's pastured. And this farm holds open houses and they're also open if anybody wants to visit and just go and see how the animals are raised. And if you have a family with young children, I would highly encourage you to do this is make a trip 
whether it's Richer Family Farms or you find other farms, there's there's lots of them that you can find. And take your family there. It's going to be really beneficial for children to be raised where they understand that it's important where their food comes from and that they can see what chickens do and they can see what cows and cattle do. They can see what pigs do. So I would encourage everybody to actually find a farm in your area and um, get hooked up with them to get deliveries from the farm or it might be close enough that you just drive to the farm and buy their products just right there. And one huge benefit of buying meat this way is that it offers a great, great convenience to you when you're mulling through your refrigerator or freezer to what, for what to eat. So I know I do this and I know other people do. You're hungry and you open up the fridge and stand in front of it and go, what do I have in here? Now, you have to tell me that I'm sure that people do that. So if you actually have your freezer full of this type of meat, it makes it very, very easy because you have good quality meat always on hand and it greatly simplifies your meal planning and your preparation. Now, there's an issue here and we heard it come up in our nutrition series last week when one of the participants in the class brought up that this kind of meat is really expensive. And she was saying, this is so much more expensive than the regular factory farm meat that I find in the grocery store. And, you know, absolutely, what she was saying is absolutely true. It is more expensive. But what people need to understand, first off, is that the factory farm meat is subsidized with all of our tax dollars in the range of billions. So this isn't just like, you know, a couple dollars here and there. This is a great big subsidy that's sent out for GMO corn and soy. So any of the farmers that are growing these crops get great subsidies that you and I pay for through our tax dollars. And what this does is it artificially reduces the price for foods using these crops. And so that would be found in the grocery stores when you're purchasing meat, but it's also found in fast food restaurants restaurants or anywhere that any of this meat is sold or any products that use these crops of GMO corn and soy and sugar. And it's important to know that organic farmers and non-GMO farmers receive absolutely no subsidies whatsoever. And so it's not that these factory farm meats are actually cheap and that grass-fed are expensive. It's just that our tax dollars go to pay for the factory farmed meat. But still, you say, you know what, here I am, I'm standing in the grocery store, I'm looking at these prices, and I cannot afford these prices. Well, back to this nutrition class, uh, we had another person in the class pipe up, and she said that the changes that she has recently made by eating healthy foods, she's actually saved money. And she said that, yes, now she spends more money at the grocery store, but she's made some changes and she doesn't stop at the coffee shop anymore. She said actually that on her, on her way into work, she would stop at more than one place to get coffee and then to get these other snacks. And then she would go out for lunch and then on her way home, she would stop at another place and then oftentimes go out for dinner. And so she said that once she stopped doing that and doesn't get lunch out at work and doesn't stop these other fast food or snack shops at all, she actually looked at her budget and her spending and found that she's spending less money, though she's now buying all organic food and all non-GMO food and her health is improving. 
So I'm yeah, thinking- and, and even at the grocery store, if you're changing your diet, you're probably not going to be, you know, loading up your cart with chips and pop and all of these boxed and packaged foods and snacks that you really don't need to have anyways. Yeah, that's exactly true. And that, that's what this person found. And you'll find that too if you start cutting out these, these other foods in your diet. And I'm thinking that we all notice the price in the grocery store because we're purposefully shopping and we're looking at prices and comparing prices. But for some reason, I think that people ignore those expenditures at restaurants and the snack foods and the coffee shop. It's almost like those expenditures don't register in our consciousness. And maybe we tell ourselves, well, this is only once, or it's a treat, or, you know, it's really not expensive. It's just a few dollars here and there. But those dollars really add up if you do that a couple times a day. And, you know, I have another story in that my brother told me that he used to get lunch out every single day and would spend on average of $10 on his lunches. And he decided to change that habit and start going home for lunch, eating leftovers like chili at a bowl of soup or a sandwich. And as a side benefit, he ended up losing 30 pounds and saving a bunch of money just by eating at home. And he was saying that it was easy to lose the weight because he knew that his restaurant lunches were giving him way more food than he needed. But just because it was served, he just ate it all anyway and gained the extra week. So well, it looks idea. like it's actually time for a break, so we'll come back to this in a second. Um, if you have a call for us, call 612-866-472-5792. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. How is your health? Do you want to know more about it? Every day there are new technologies, procedures, and healing techniques coming forward. To understand them, tune in to Speaking of Health with Dr. Michael Cudlis. Our guests come from different backgrounds in the fields of health and healing. We'll discuss new realities and modalities, from chiropractic to metagenics. It's all designed to improve your quality of life. Speaking of Health is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still, nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
You're listening to Body Balance Talk. To reach us with your questions and comments, please call into the program today at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to info at mybodybalancenutrition.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Body Balance Talk. This is Lucy, Madeline, and Jeannie. And Jeannie, you had a few more things to add on the cost of eating grass-fed and organic and non-GMO produce and meat. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to actually just get back to this issue about chickens and locating farms. And I'm going to give you a couple of different websites to go to. I think these are very, very beneficial if you're not sure where to get hooked up with a farm. And one of these is called, um, let's see here, the Eat Well Guide, Wholesome Food from Healthy Animals. And so I'm not going to actually give you the website on that, but I think if you just Google in Eat Well Guide, Wholesome Food from Healthy Animals, this is actually, it's a free online directive directory and you'll find sustainably raised meat poultry dairy and eggs from farms but also from stores and restaurants inns and hotels and online outlets in the u.s and in canada that can be very very helpful if you're traveling or if you're just looking for sources in your area another one of them would be local harvest and that's going to be a website that helps you find farmers markets, family farms, and other sources of sustainably grown food in your area. Another one that would be called Food Routes, R-O-U-T-E-S, Food Routes. And that's kind of like a fine, good food map that can also help you connect with local farmers. And... Um, and then one that's just called Farmer's Markets. It's a nat- national listing of farmer's markets. And then we, we would also encourage you, this. there are CSAs that have meat, but most CSAs, CSA stands for Community Supported Agriculture. Most of those are going to be vegetables, and sometimes there's fruits in those. We would really encourage you to join a CSA. And here in Minneapolis and in the Midwest in general, now is about the time of the year to be thinking about joining one. They're, they're membership-based, and you actually would join them. And usually February, March, April, that's the time that you would join because the produce is grown over the summer. And this is a website that could help you locate one. It's called Alternative Farming Systems Information Center. And you could find a CSA on there. Or I think if you just Google CSA, that um, might also give you some choices. And when you're looking into CSAs, you want to notice that there's a lot of variety between them. So you want to be able to read the different descriptions of the CSAs and see if they provide fruit or not, or if they provide meat, or what type of vegetables they provide. Sometimes the CSAs will provide a lot of heritage vegetables, so they're kind of uh, different and not so run-of-the-mill, and that's great for people who like that sort of thing. But if you're into really basic vegetables, you might not like the heritage ones. So just so you know, there's a, a big difference between them, and some of them are certified organic, and other ones, they actually grow with organic methods, and they would be classified as organic, but they didn't go through all of the... Um, necessary ways that you do to become certified organic. So if you call them and actually talk to the farmer, they'll be able to let you know 
exactly what they're doing with growing the vegetables and if they're organic or if they're not. But we would encourage people to look into joining a CSA at this point. And for a CSA, uh, they, they'll deliver to your area and you would probably need to drive somewhere in your area and you pick up your share, it's called. So you would buy a share of it, which would be a box or a bag of vegetables that you pick up. Usually it's going to be once a week. So you need to be somebody who is really intent on using a fair amount of vegetables and you like to have these local and you like to have in season, which would be really ideal if we all ate that way. So we encourage you to do that. Now, it looks like we actually have a caller. It looks like there's Jacob from Houston on the phone. Jacob, what can we do for you today? Hi. How's it going today, guys? Can you hear me? Yeah, Yeah. it's going great. Awesome, awesome. First off, I wanted to say thank you so much uh, for taking my call today. I actually have uh, a question uh, as well as a testimonial. I, I really appreciate every time you guys do this radio show. Uh, you know, calling in and listening to it has really dramatically uh, changed my life. Um, you know, previously to, to listening to this radio show, I actually considered myself uh, lactose intolerant. Um, every time I ate dairy or chocolate or, or things like that, I would get uh, a headache. Uh, I would get a really, really congested uh, system. Um, and I would just feel terrible, things of that nature, um, and a stuffy nose, uh, earache, all that kind of stuff. And after listening to the show and after taking some of your advice, I guess my food, food sensitivities have massively gone down. So my question is, um, in, in, in accordance to dairy, was I lactose intolerant or, or what was going on with me and what could have been the change that has now uh, allowed me to not be as sensitive uh, to things like dairy and chocolate. Oh, well, Jacob, let me just ask you a question before answering. Um, you said that you had made some changes, and that brought about some beneficial results for you. What kind of changes did you do? Did you do some sort of detoxification, or what were you doing? Yeah. Well, I started drinking uh, a coffee that actually was infused with Ganoderma lucidum, and I'm, I'm sure that you know, detoxed my system, yes. Uh, as well as starting to consume the dynamic greens uh, and UltraClear. And I really, really, really stayed away from things such as uh, fried foods, really sugary foods, or at least most of the time. Um, so I dramatically changed my diet in that way, as well as avoiding things like chips, um, you know, and just things we're really not supposed to be eating. Okay. And then, Jacob, do you mind if I ask how old are you? Oh, I'm 20. You're 20. Okay. Well, you know, it sounds a couple things here. It sounds like now you had mentioned that you used UltraClear. And for people that are on the radio show, UltraClear is a detoxification product. So it sounds like Jacob was doing some detoxification as well as cleaning up his diet. And you're 20 years old, so you're a young person. And um, it's, it's oftentimes a little bit easier for young people to have reversal of these health problems a little bit quicker. And from your symptoms and from what you're talking about, you had mentioned lactose intolerant. And it sounds instead that what you were having is a reaction towards the proteins that are in the dairy. And lactose, if you were lactose intolerant, your symptoms would have been that every time you have some sort of dairy product, you would have quite a bit of diarrhea. 
and that doesn't sound like that was your symptom, but you said a stuffy nose and what did you say, a headache or what were some of your well, other symptoms? My head would get so congested that it would feel like my ear was like just being slammed with the drum. Like if you ever had a really loud noise or like a firecracker go off in your ear, that's what my ear would feel like for multiple days after consuming dairy. Okay. Yeah. So that sounds a little bit more like you were having a reaction towards one of the three proteins in dairy. And people Mm. often get that mixed up. And people often think that if you have any reaction to dairy, it's always lactose intolerant. But knowing Mm. that lactose is the sugar that's in in milk or in dairy products, and if you don't have the enzyme to break down the sugar, then you have diarrhea, and then that's called lactose intolerant. And that doesn't reverse for people. But, and so mm-hmm. it sounds like what you had is a reaction towards one of the proteins. And they're, knowing that there's three proteins in milk, the casein, the whey, and the lactoalbumin, and that sounds like that was causing trouble for you and some people are born with an allergy to those proteins one or two or all three of those proteins and other people develop allergies to those programs but to those to those proteins but they can be reversed and it sounds like in your case you can actually eat dairy now and you've reversed that is that right like you can, can no you eat reaction. dairy now? There's no reaction anymore. None. No reaction. Okay. So that sounds to me like you were having reactions to the proteins and uh, because you have a leaky gut. So those proteins mm. were going through and creating an immune reaction and inflammation and all kinds of trouble for you. And then it sounds like you were taking these things. You cleaned up your diet. Uh, you mentioned the Ganoderma. You mentioned the Ultra Clear, the Dynamic Greens. Those are all things that can actually improve uh, your gut and leaky gut and close up those junctions so that those proteins actually don't leak through your gut and instead they digest in your gut where they're supposed to and they get broken down and then eventually used in your body or eliminated out through your system. And so it sounds like you are very successful in reversing that allergy to dairy, which is, that's very, very positive and congratulations to you for making those changes. And as a young person that we don't often see people um, your age making such dietary changes. And I'm, I'm just wondering, really, what motivated you to do that? And was that difficult for you? Well, you know, listening to you guys every week, you know, hearing um, how, how, you know, how you guys are living your lives, you know, really helping people uh, eat, eat better. You know, in fact, I um, just recently... Uh, started eating vegetables. I've always thought I was allergic to vegetables. No, I'm just kidding. No, that, that, that probably doesn't exist. At least I hope it doesn't. Um, but I would never touch vegetables. They were always nasty to me. Um, and, and just, you know, making little daily changes, you know, from just making the decision to not eat fast food anymore. You know, if you watch movies like uh, Super Size Me, uh, that's absolutely um, very motivating for a person to change their diet. You know, I don't see... How after watching that movie, if you eat fried food, how you would still do it, Um, you know, in terms of just starting to eat little things like sprouts or broccoli, you know, you can make those things taste great uh, if you put it in, uh, you know, really high quality uh, bacon grease, you know, those Uh things can absolutely be delicious for you. Um, Uh And I guess just wanting to feel better, you know, once I started drinking uh, the uh, Ganoderma Lucidum coffee and 
after my workouts, I would have an ultra clear and dynamic green shake. Uh, and it really started to benefit, benefit me, uh, in a positive way, as well as the, the Ganoderma, uh, really detoxing my system and allowing me to, uh, think more clearly. I noticed when I was eating, uh, a bad diet, it was very hard to think, you know, all that stuff, all those mm. chemicals really cloud your brain. If your brain is clouded, then your life's not going to be very enjoyable. You're not going to be able to uh, have good relationships, hold a conversation, uh, be physically fit, be active, enjoy, you know, everything around us. But if you just clean up your diet and listen to this radio show, like I've been doing uh, every Friday for only an hour, you know, it'll rub off on you and your life will dramatically change. And that's definitely what happened for me. Wow. Well, Jacob, you're really an inspiration, and you're an inspiration to us and hopefully to any other young people that are listening. And we're very, very happy and glad that you called in and shared your experience with us today. And it looks like uh, our show is coming to an end at this point. Yes, that is right. It's time to wrap up. So everybody, be sure to visit our blog at mytimeoutstudio.com. You can see some recipes. We didn't talk about them today, but there's some from past shows. And And you'll want to visit mybodybalancenutrition.com. Yeah, that one's got a lot of good recipes on it. Well, we'll talk to you next week, everybody. My name is Lucy, and this is Madeline and Jeannie, and that's our show. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in this week. Join Jeannie, Lucy, and Madeline for another edition of Body Balance Talk next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, listen to yourself and make it a healthy life ahead. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.